Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Mark Davison, Marky D. You're here with Matty P. What's going on, mate? Uh, not too much down under, really. Yet again, it's... Uh... What are we? Is it nine AM? It's now. Now it's sunny. The rain has um, disappeared, which is, which is which is great. Um, how are you doing? How are you doing uh, past Sydney away? Yeah, mate. The rain started to clear up about a day ago, which is good. I've heard it's coming back. Um, so for anyone out there, we've had really bad rain. I think. Um, I mean, my professional work. I was outside of BTSC. I had one client over in Canada and they were saying they'd heard about some of the severe floods that we were having um, in our state of New South Wales that Mark and I are sort of at either ends of, was kind of both a, an hour-ish um, drive from Sydney either way. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's from that perspective, it's nice to see the sun out. It's been a busy week. Um, you know, my dog seems to have a personality on the show now. So, for everyone out there, we got the sex this week. So, hopefully there's not too much, too much more barking during the show, but it'll be what it'll be. Um, but yeah, it's been a massive week in the NFL. It's been a massive week for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mark. It has felt like it's gone really slowly. And then what do you know, woke up this morning and you and I are back on our show. So it's, um, it's awesome to be joining everyone. You know, we've got some awesome people in the live chat as always, double HH for, um, Rhino tools there, Jared devil or Kathy forehead, um, snowman's in there um we're getting the whole gang together as super stealers as well so you know as we always say there's no point michael o'malley too but there's no point us doing this show if, if you guys can't be a part of it so it's awesome to have you guys all here mark i mean there's so much that's going on this week where do we start 
How are you feeling about the week with all the different things that have I tell come you, out? I tell you where we start. I think we start with uh, Felicia making making the big ball yeah. on, um, on the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, yeah. I just want to give her, her a big shout-out because uh, I, I've known myself when I made Steeler Nation Unite, it was one of the best feelings I ever had. Uh, when I wrote my little article for them and I was a, a fan favourite for the for the week and I almost got chosen to be a top fan um, in one of their – one of their programs. I can never win anything in Australia, guys. When we do competitions, we can't win. Uh, we're not allowed to. We're not part of the 50 states, which, you know, but we still participate anyway. So, um, yeah, a massive shout out to to Felicia for, for being on the air and talking to Rooney. Like, that would be, that would honestly make anyone's day. And I and I know for sure um, it would make her day. And, and you can tell by the way what, what she was talking. Um, but in regards to like the, the Steelers, like, yeah, it's been a, it's been like I said, it's it's, it's, it's so weird. It's a, it's slow week, big week. Um, I woke up this morning and, and just thought, wow, like we've lost a lot of people, haven't we? Yeah, like, it's Mc, interesting. Mc, McDonald, Pouncey, um, Hilton, Dupree, Alawalu, you name it, we lost a lot of people. Well, and, and before before we go into that one there as well, I want to bring up Chad Landsman. I think Chad's the Facebook listener MVP at the moment <laughs> in terms of being in the live chat. He's in there each week. So I wanted to give him a shout out there. And, you know, um, a lot of the different live chats come from from people on the YouTube side, which is fantastic. Um, but I want to give a bit of a shout out there to Chad. So so thank you. Also, quickly, just why, before we get deep into Steelers, um, thanks, Snowman, there in terms of from the YouTube side. He says, prayers go out to people of Australia. I think the one interesting take I, I saw, and this is a bit of a, a sling and the swing from a more charity perspective, but like, um, you know, or, or community concern perspective is when you have a bushfire, which Australia is known for having, you come back to your home if you've had it and everything's burnt down and you, you have that grief of loss. But when people suffer from floods, which is what we're seeing on our TV and, and people in the US didn't know this too, because I mean, floods happen around the world. But you have to clear everything out that's moldy and yucky and wet. And it's a much, it, uh, you know, we're, we've been hearing that it's potentially can be just as traumatic, if not worse, because you've got to actually go through everything. And, and that's quite a heartbreaking. It draws the process out. So, yeah, definitely our thoughts are with all of our fellow countrymen. But going into it, Mark, you're exactly right there on players. Like we've lost a few guys. And, and I said in the explanation of this show, and it will be there in the article for the podcast side as well. But since March, you know, we knew that we had the 20 or so free agents and exclusive rights free agents. In March, we've lost three, four guys. We've brought in 13. Before that, we, you know, in February, lost um, Morkes Pouncey. And then in January, Vance, Vance retired. And, and this goes into the heart of today's title as well, which is Steeler fans get ready for a different 2021. Because not only is this going to be a very different team that takes the field, there's differences that we're going to be doing on defense. There's differences in terms of offense. Uh, Rooney this week talked about getting the run right, and we'll talk a little bit about what that means in the in the draft part of today's show, which will be in part two. But this goes back to it. It does feel like a different team. And even if you think about Juju Smith-Schuster, who we talked about last week, for example, you bring back Juju, that's different to what we all expected for 2021. That creates a difference there in what you do. I mean, Jeffrey Benedict has talked at length at this, whether it's um, on, through you know, so the article side, the podcast that he's on when he's featured on ours, definitely in the Slack channels. He's talked about if you use Juju right and you do things deep and you know and in the slot even, th- that will change. He'll be he can play a different role in the Matt Canada offense. So when I look at that, you look at a guy like Tyler Simmons. They went to a pro day this week. 
and they picked up a guy that went, you know, undrafted. I mean, these are the differences. You look at Miles Killebrew. We've gotten younger there in the special team side instead of Jordan Dangerfield. You know, um, Chris Wormley comes back and obviously perhaps he can get an expanded role. You know, it's just we're doing some different things. But, Mark, my question for you is, out of all these 13 guys that we've signed in March, right, all the 13, who's the one that's A, most surprised you, so I guess the two-part question, and B, who are you hoping will have a bigger impact than what fans might expect? Firstly, out of these 13 blokes, and you just went into it, it almost comes to, to my mind, who are they? I don't know who they are. <laughs> um, and I say that I say that lightly. Like, I understand that Wormley come from the Ravens. Killebrew was uh, from the Lions. I saw him back uh, when I was watching Juju highlights at that big game he had. The um, Killebrew was in there. But I think the big transition of all, losing all these fan favourites like Dupree and, and McDonald Pouncey and all these great guys, and then we have a new set of blokes coming like 13. I didn't even realise it was 13. That's That seems like a lot of um, free agents, but a lot of them are signing one-year deals. Um, but to, to, to answer your question, I think the biggest one, I think a lot of people would, would agree with me, would be probably Marsh, Cassius Marsh. Uh, I think he, I, I didn't think he was going to make The Pokemon King. The Pokemon yeah. King. Look, or as Jeff likes be... to say, the Pokemon King. Yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, he could be a good player. No, we love you, Jeff. We love you, Jeff. We're just, yeah. just Pokemon was when Mark and I were kids when, like, when the Pokemon thing with the craze happened. And it just, yeah. and my mom, my mom used to call it Pokemon. And I'm like, that's not what it is. It's just Pokemon. Well, we, we might be on the, with our accent there, we might be on the bottom for the USA accent. I'm not too sure. I like to, I like to have a good crack at it when I have one of the other blokes on. Um, but yeah, with Marsh, I, th- I thought, you know, I thought a lot of guys thought he was going to go. Uh, I didn't think he was going to stick around, and he does that like Caparera kind of kick. Uh, we know what he what he showed up in the Browns game for the playoff. He didn't do anything, um, so that to me was a bit of a surprise. Why do you bring him in? Do you need him on special teams? Is he is he an ace there? Um, uh, to to the, the next point, I, I think the big the guy that I want to see succeed is probably the guy last year that I bagged out a little bit, and I know you did as well. It's probably uh, Wormley. Um, if he's going to play, is Wormley playing nose tackle? Or is he playing uh, defensive end? Yeah. So um, I'm just reading up Double H's comment. <laughs> I know we're a bit in the live chat today, but we're not joking about Pokemon. I mean, I've got Nintendo Switch. I bought the last three new Pokemon games. All right, mm-hmm. I'm turning 30 in six weeks' time, and and I'm playing Pokemon. So yeah, we're not joking about that. We're just mucking around with the accents. Um, but. Yeah, and in, in terms of like Dwormley, I think you're going to see him more in that defensive end. Um, and I think when you look at that from no tackle position, I think we're looking at an Isaiah Bugs situation or a Carlos Davis, bad, um, you know, bad, bad son. You might even be looking. I mean, there's guys like Jaron Reed that have become available. Like, who knows? I saw a mock draft that had the Steelers drafting, and I'm going to have a mental blank. I think it's the first name's Levi. Um, Washington defensive tackle in the second round on NFL.com. I saw that yesterday. I don't. I think that'd be a little bit high for the Steelers, but it wouldn't surprise me if someone leaves a really good defensive tackle on the board. I mean, why wouldn't you do it? Um, but I think what where Wormley makes sense is a lot of the sub package stuff, um, spelling different guys. Like we 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 got an awesome amount of performance from Tuit last year. You know, apart from the COVID, we would have got a full season out of him. It was a career year in terms of numbers and then he had 11 sacks and what have you. You know, Hayward, you know, whilst we're hoping he can stay around for, you know, three or four more seasons now, 
he's someone that you don't want to have to – he does, can't play every snap. So if we've got a guy like Wormley who knows the system, I thought he came on in toward the end of the year when we saw a bit more of him. I thought he did some good things. You know, even if it's about depth, you know, the top teams will have depth, rest players within games, not necessarily for full games. That's what we want from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's cheap, knows the system. You know, he's not an unproven draft pick. So for me, I, I didn't mind that signing. Yeah, well, neither did I, but, but I I just think the big one would, would Marsh and, and players like that. Uh, another big one I think was bringing in uh, Killebrew, uh, going to be a yep. special teams guy. And I've got... Uh, the, the fan of me, I got a soft spot for Dangerfield. Now, all I want to see is those two blokes on the field together, and it may not happen. But you got two great names: Dangerfield, Killerbrew. Imagine that for a duo tackle, like two hard hitting. Um, I think they both play safety. Um, so, with a player like that coming in, I'm starting to understand a bit of, bit of the the business side. If someone like him comes in, he fills that certain role that another player used to do. And that means maybe the other player might be on the on the way out. So Dangerfield's still not signed yet. Um, yeah, a lot of things like that have happened. But it is a huge, huge transition year, like losing all these stars. Um, but then like come week or even come preseason week one, we're going to have favorites again. Someone's going to make plays, do things, and then it's going to it's gonna kick you in a steal a drive and, and get new people uh, into your mind. And you won't necessarily forget about Bud Dupree, but there'll be other guys to fill that role. Well, that, and that's a good point that you made there, Mark. And that, and, and this is said goes back to the title. Where there's new opportunities that are going to open up. You know, there are, there are new players that are going to step up. You know, I, I always use the example of an Alex Highsmith, right? Highsmith, we did not expect to have demand that amount of play out of Highsmith in year one. Bud Dupree goes down. You know, even for the critics out there, yes, Highsmith's run defense needs still needs a bit of work. But the performance that we got out of him because he got an opportunity. And it's one of these things that I'm always really interested when you look back. It's very hard to do it looking, or you can't really look forward on it, but you know, because you don't know what's going to happen. But when you look back and you work out, were, were guys that you drafted given a chance to, to prove themselves, right? Now, fourth round and below, I get their projects. They've got to show up. You know, it's injuries mm-hmm. going to get them in. But at the end of the day, if you're going to invest somewhere, particularly in the first and second round, depending on how high you're picking in the third round. At some stage, you've yes, you've got to win, but you've got to give those guys a shot to develop because if you're always sitting them on the back, only letting the proven guys play, when something goes down, then then you're going to have a problem because you've got no experience there. So, uh, you know, I'm interested to see, and, and, you know, I think Double H has brought it up in the live chat, if there's ever a season we need an amazing draft class, it's this year, 100%. You know, last year we had three guys. We didn't have a first-round pick. We had three guys that in a redraft are in the top the top 32 first round picks. If you could get that out of this draft for and this is what I said I think in last week's show or I might have said it on War Room this week. Um Kevin Colbert, you know, is apparently retiring after the 2022 draft. If you don't think he's going to try and set the team up for success with this draft, he knows he's got his make make his mark. Um then this is the draft he's going to try and look to do it, you know, even more so than ever. So, you know, let's hope they can pull it off. Um, Killebrew is an interesting one. You say there, Mark, I feel like Dangerfield's getting a bit old. You can't put him on a practice squad. Therefore that creates, creates a few headaches for you there. I get the fan side of it. Obviously I think we had him on BTSC as well. Um, so, you know, it is sad to see him go from that perspective, you know, but again, if no one picks him up, is he someone that we pull in? If we get an injury, you know, they're, they're the sorts of guys I always think about this. Football's a moving business. We're not even in training camp yet. There's always a few injuries. 
it's again why you got to expect something different in 2021. Well, um, well, think about it. it. It never really. Um, I always talk this about my my dad, uh, and he's so surprised with with the NFL, and I guess a lot of codes do it as well. But the NFL, it never stops. Uh, you, you go into the season, you go, who's going to win the Super Bowl? You go all the way through it, and you get to the winner, and then then next the day after the Super Bowl, they say, who's going to win next year? It never ever stops. So it is like a, a moving train. Um, it's awesome. It's great to be a part of. Great to be a uh, contributor and, and talk Steelers football like we have the chance to do. Um, upside down, um, but yeah, it's that's that's the thing. Where I think these guys coming in, it really does feel like, and it's going to be a new year. Um, the big thing I think with all the COVID stuff too, I think like I, I really want to see fans back in the stands. I think there is a there is a home field advantage with fans in the stands. Uh, I think the players get a kick out of that. So it'd be awesome to see uh, fans in the stands. Uh, Roethlisberger back there again, maybe a new running back. A new defense. Maybe we're not going to blitz off the edge anymore with Hilton, and and just see how this. You know, our expectations this year. Um, I think it's still a fans of Super Bowl, but the media landscape is you're terrible. You're not going to win anything. The Browns are better than you, so that's going to be interesting um, outlook for the for the season. Will we compete with the Browns? And you know, we went was it, we went five and one last year in the division, correct? We yeah. lost to the salty Bengals. Um, so there's still opportunity for us to, to oh, no, be four and two, four and two, four and two, because we lost two? to the Browns because Mason lost to the Browns. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Four and two. Um, but yeah, we still, still have a chance to, to win that division. Um, it just, it just, it is a really, really big transition year, I think. And we have the same time, like we said last week, it's like, but we still have big Ben and we're hanging on to him, but we've got all these new players coming in. So many people are signing one-year deals like Ray Ray, Juju. Uh, so I think like heading into the draft, we can get some good players. And I'm not a draft expert. I'm, I'm far from it. I just follow what Shefty says because he, <laughs> he, he gave me a nod at, uh, in Houston one year when I saw him there. Uh, and I think he's a, you know, a great analyst, so I follow what he says. Um, and that, that's all I really need to know because there's so many, you know, even now Mel Kuyper Jr. has got um, – Mock draft 3.0, and he's got about six six quarterbacks going in the first. Mate, he never gets that right. <laughs> I will say though, I will say I've I've watched a few different shows on YouTube about. I wanted to get delve deep into this whole Mac Jones thing, you know, and I had a bit of a listen. And people are sort of saying Mac Jones, and I've t- as I said to everyone, if it's still speaking at 24, I'm going to be going on about it for a year. So you probably tune out of anything I say going forward. So you'll have to join Steelers Touchdown Under just to listen to Mark. Um, but apparently he's a better athlete than what a lot of people are saying and his knowledge of the game, you know, and his ability to process playbooks makes him a much better like performer at the quarterback position than what most people realize. So I think that is interesting. He may go higher than what, what people are expecting. Just going back to the final thing about free agents. And I know I have banged this drum so bloody hard over the last couple of weeks, both on, on war room with Jeffrey on Twitter, on you know, um, the Slack channel with the BTSC guys. But I cannot understand with Pouncey retiring, yes, you bring in BJ Finney, but Austin Blythe from the LA Rams, 47 out of 48 games, took him to a Super Bowl. Great, you know, creating holes, you know, um, in the run game, particularly from a zone run perspective. Made the holes for Todd Gurley, can play guard, is still sitting there in free agency, and we're hoping that J.C. Hassenhauer and B.J. Finney are the answer. I, I can't understand it. The guy's got to be worth $3 million this year. 
you know, the cap situation right now is 8.963. We need about 8 million to sign our free agents. There's, you know, you can cut Canada. You can cut a couple of other guys. You can do a couple of restructures. You've easily got that money. How the hell have we not signed this guy yet? Maybe, maybe, maybe Austin Blythe doesn't like flying. Have you, have you thought about that? Isn't he, he's stuck on the West Coast. Maybe he doesn't want to fly, fly to Pittsburgh and have a go. Well, with how long we've waited, he probably could have driven there, bro. <laughs> could have rode a bloody horse, mate. He could have got James Washington could have got him on the horse and they could have like, you know, rode the whole way. <laughs> I don't understand. It's ridiculous. It's got to it's got to change. And cuz the question is and we'll, we're we're going into draft, we want to move on to the question mark segment, but you know, we'll get on to drafting part 2, but there's you know, the centers there aren't don't you know, give you a lot of confidence and you, we're going to end up spending too high a pick on them. But anyway, Mark I've done a lot of talking. <clears throat> Your turn. Oh, it's the we turn of the question mark segment. Are we going to jump right into it now? Yeah, let's Jeez, do it. We're, we're flying through this one here. Okay, guys. So in, in previous uh, podcasts, we've done like a uh, question mark segment where I bring up three questions for Maddie, And all I really do is I choose uh, a random number generator and we go through the Steelers uh, jersey numbers. And then whoever we get, we talk about their – Past 2020, what their future will be, and my favorite question: Will they be? Uh, uh, can they apply for the Hall of Fame? Apply? Can, can, will they be in the Hall of Fame uh, coming <laughs> up? So now we have got a few numbers that that in the past. So if I do get one of those, I'll just I'll run over them and we'll choose somebody else. Yeah. Uh, but let's see who we get first. Righto. Now right away, let's kick did, it off, mate. Right away, we did say. In the in the pre room, the the steel behind behind the steel curtain room, we said we wouldn't do players that weren't here. Now I got forty eight. We have to do forty eight, and this is this is no joke. We, I just got do, uh, Bud Dupree. Can he can he count as our first one? Isn't that number going to be Zayvon Collins's number when he signs for the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> in round one? <laughs> yeah, well, I reckon we should. I, I think. Uh, yeah, we'll, right, we'll go Bud. He's, we'll he's go a Bud. Still, still a legacy and, and legend. So yeah. overall, before before Bud got injured, what do you think of uh, Bud's twenty twenty? Twenty twenty, I think he was there for another career year. Um, I think you know Bud did, was doing terrifically well. I think he had like I think it was ten sacks off the top of my head. I didn't bring that up, but um, in terms of Bud's performance, you know, I, I think the easiest way to talk about Bud's performance is twenty twenty is to talk about what happened when he wasn't there. You know, I think the team was able to do a few different things um, and manage Devin Bush not being there. Bud was just a hit too, a hit too many. Um, that coupled with the timing of all the COVID, you know, impacts on the schedule and what have you. You know, it in 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 some ways, and it's not his fault in any way, shape, or form. But it, I feel like it derailed the team a little bit, to be honest. I think it put, pushed them off the tracks. I think there were a few things teetering up to it, and I think that that just took it over as well. I mean, obviously. Pouncey having to be out as well and Hassenhauer having to play. And we go back to Jeffrey Benedict's article where Hassenhauer gets destroyed. I, th- I think Bud's injury combined with Bush, combined with Pouncey, combined with COVID is the perfect equation for the Steelers, you know, just the season just falling to nothing. Yeah. For, for myself, uh, with Bud in the 2020, it comes down to me, his overall play was um, – when I, when I the way I look at it is in a visual representation is when yep. he hit Drew Lock, um, <laughs> when he nailed when he nailed Drew Lock to the ground and like broke his collarbone or whatever he broke. Um, that was bad. That's bad to me. Now I'm going to spin this question a little bit differently. So for the future of this player, for the future of Bud, 
how does his uh, impact with the Titans affect the Steelers? Are they going to be in our way like the Chiefs are in our way now? Is the, Steelers, uh, is the Titans a team where if Bud's on the defense, he's going to be trouble and we can't get past him? What do you think how he's going to affect us if we if we reverse him in the playoffs? All right. So I'm going to go out and say something, and Jeffrey Bendick will blow me up for it. Other people will too. Bud had a good couple of years. But and I know it takes time for people to progress. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter what job you do. You know, it, in even professional lines of work, you know, even if you're working a casual job, it might take you three weeks, it might take you six weeks, so it might take you six months, whatever. So I'm not, I'm not discounting that. But I mean, Bud, we got to be real here. It took a while for Bud to come on, right? And he came on in the Steelers system with it with people that were able to set him up and be able to basically say, Bud. You do your thing and free him up, right? He's also playing alongside Cameron Haywood, Stefan Tua, TJ Watt, you know, just to name a few. When it comes to the Titans, he's definitely an upgrade for them on Clowney with it where Clowney fit, fitted in their system. I'm secretly hopeful the Steelers might be able to do something with Clowney if he goes on sign going into the season, um, and depending on what we've got cap-wise, um, although I don't want him overpaid by anything two or three million. But... I feel like Buddy's going to be out on an island in Tennessee. Like Bud's going to have got his money, but I mean, what's going to be expected of him? It's it's going to be a problem, I think, for them. And yes, I can see him if we get up if, when we if we've got to get up and play the Titans. I can see him having a massive game against us. Why wouldn't he? He's he, you know he is becoming a proven performer. Sorry, I've got a bloody mozzie flying around. Um, <laughs> tried to kill it before the thing over. Didn't get time. Um, there's a bit of slain there, Mozzie and Thingo. Anyway, back back on track. I do think that, you know, he'll have a decent season for the Titans, but it's not going to match the season he had last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Rightio. Now, the third question, will Bud Dupree be a Hall of Fame? And if he is in the Hall of Fame, will he be a Steeler or will he be a Titan? What do you reckon? Oh, this is a good question. Um, I think if he went in, I think he'd be a Steeler. I think we talked about this a few shows ago where we are basically saying, I think if you're going to go into the Hall of Fame, you kind of want to go in as a Pittsburgh Steeler. I mean, you even saw that with like Kevin Green as well. Um, <coughs> there, look, he's got 40 sacks um, in his career to date. You know, he's been in the league, you know, six seasons. Oh, it's it's going to be a hard one. He's going to need. I think he's going to need a Super Bowl or an AFC Championship to be. To here's be here's a bonus question for you: Will Bud Dupree will he ever win uh, Defensive MVP? Nah, nah, never. Nah, so never. all the all the other guys are in his way. Yeah. All right. So we're we just going to show Bud the door and hopefully he doesn't beat us in the in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Is that pretty much how we're going? Hey, yep. That's funny though. I, I'm I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad we got him. Yeah, and, and he, like I said, with Juju potentially, Bud could come. Bud's the sort of guy, let him do two or three years there. They've paid him the guaranteed money. And then if we need depth, he you know, he could be someone we, we pull back in. You know, let them have paid all the money. I've got to go in the ins and outs of his contract again. But, you know, he's not someone that might be gone from the Steelers forever. You might, Late in his career, you might see a one or two seasons from him or what have you. So I don't want to shut the door on Bud. I just don't think that, yeah, I just... Good luck to him in Tennessee. And I don't mind him going to Tennessee. I don't, I don't really, in the football world, in my perspective, I don't really hate Tennessee that much. Um, there are a lot of other teams who I dislike more than Tennessee. Um, I, 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 I kind of enjoy the bit of the AFC South down there. It's, it's a 
Well, now with um, the Jaguars getting uh, Lawrence, it's going to be very interesting. So, yeah, let's move on to our second player and see who we get. Uh, here's a good one. We've got number nine, the Wizard of Boz. What do you reckon about Bozzy? How'd 2020 go? Have we not had him before? I don't think so. Really? Have we? Interesting. I don't know. I feel no, like we have. I feel like what because of what I'm about to say, I've said before. <laughs> Maybe I said <laughs> on Warburton when I talked about extending him. But what I'm going to say is he had a good year last year after the previous year being, you know, a bit crap. He um, kicked that, that, that career long in field goals. Um, you know, I think he missed was like two field goals and it was one extra point. I can pull that up. But, like, he had a good year. I, as I, yeah, that's right. I did say it on War Room. The thing about Chris Boswell that people have got to remember is this year he's playing on slightly higher, um, a slightly higher contract than than the franchise tag of the position, which is like, I think he's a couple hundred thousand over. It might be $300,000 over. So we just got to remember that. Yeah. He made 19 from, from 20 when it came to field goals. Um, so, you know, that, that was pretty good there. And he made 34 from 38 extra points. So yeah, good season from Chris Boswell. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm all in on the, the wizard of Boz. I'm, I, I reckon he's a great kicker. He's done. He had a really bad year in uh, 2019, I believe it was. Uh, missed a few that he should that he should have got. Uh, he only missed, I think, one kick a lot one last year. Actually, we may have talked about this before. Maybe it was at the very start of the second. I'm not too sure. Um, oh, no, I've yeah. never talked about this before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about his future? Just quickly on his future and then the Hall of Fame, and I'll go to the next one. He's got to play well year in, year out now, that contract number. Um oh, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a long career. He could be a he could be a um Hall of Fame, you know sort of like kicker if he, if he can stay healthy and he needs another decade to probably do it. Um, I don't necessarily think that decade will be on the Pittsburgh Steelers though. He's going to start costing too much money for us. Um, I, I just kind of like that. I think that he, that I, I, hopefully he's our guy. Uh, how, how many more years does he have in, in his contract? Matt? He has, I believe two, two? it was two. Yeah. See, I because like and this is where this is where I got yeah. So he signed through twenty twenty two. So he's got this year and next year. But this is where like and Dave and I got into a little bit on the Slack channel of this a couple of weeks back. But Steelers don't, and I think I've talked about this briefly on the show before. Steelers don't do extensions with players beyond one year. I and it might be a millennial thing. It's been argued that fine. I think it's good business to extend people mid contracts because you can actually save potentially money over the length of their time if you want them to stay a stay a stealer. Chris Boswell is the sort of guy I'd do it with and in the, the position I'd sort of do it with. The pandemic has created a different situation. In short, I, I just believe he's someone you could do it with just like you could to it, lock up the position for a while. Um, you know, and I, and I go to George Test and Bo- Boswell's money. And this is the other thing about Boswell, right? Like, go, oh, I can kick a 60-yard-plus field goal. And, you know, obviously Boswell got that 59-yard one. Boswell kicks field goals at Heinz Field into the wind. It requires a certain boot to do that. We saw that last year when he was injured. Matthew Wright came in, and they wouldn't even back him from like thirty. It was like thirty-five out or thirty-eight out. Like, like you know, and you're sitting there going, "This is ridiculous." Like, if you can't kick thirty-eight out, what are you doing in the NFL? But it's a, it is a lot harder at Heinz Field. So, I, I think we've got to be careful there on Boswell because if you know that you're going to make. 90% plus, 95% plus of your field goals and your extra points, or 95% of your extra points, 90% of your field goals, 
and you're playing eight plus games at high or now, you know, some years it'll be nine plus. Hopefully it's nine plus anyway because of playoffs and, and home field advantage. That becomes a really big thing with the power of his boot. So he's just got to stay healthy for me. Who's that bloke at the Ravens? Is it Justin Tucker? Yeah, it's he, Tucker, yeah. You know, I looked up, I could be very wrong because I look at these stats and they, I could be from a different kind of site, but I looked up a stat. I'm pretty sure Boswell has um, uh, as good an accuracy or close to as good an accuracy as Justin Tucker. Over, yeah, over his career, I think he, I think he is along, along, along the lines of like ninety four percent or maybe like ninety percent. So we know we know Tucker is one of the great kickers of the NFL, and he's he's everywhere. The, the analysts talk about him like he's you know the almighty. Um, so I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why. Like I think for, for for now with Boswell, I think Boswell is our guy. We can't lose him. I don't really see anyone too much better than him. He goes in there, does his job, <clears throat> doesn't miss too many kicks. Um, long as he does that, like someone said in the live chat to you, like, will will kickers go on the Hall of Fame? Yeah, it's very hard to get in. Um, he might have to win a few Super Bowls or do something crazy and fantastic or have a really high percentage. Same time, though, Tucker or Adam Vinatieri, they could they have a potential chance to go into the Hall of Fame. Vinatieri, Vinatieri's got to go in, surely. Hmm. Well, he's been playing for about 25 years, hasn't he? So, you know, long, longevity-wise, he's going he's gonna to go in. All right, do we want to go into our third one before, before we hit the break? And I'll pass yeah, let's do the third one really quickly. I'm just pulling up the yep. stats for you on um on the Chris Boswell the side versus Justin Tucker because Chris Boswell has 88% um, from field goal, 94% from an extra point. And if the website would actually load, I'd be able to tell you Justin Tucker there. <laughs> All right, so let's pull the next one. Yeah, let's go. So we've got one. number 10. Do we have a number 10? I don't think we have a number 10. No. Uh, top of my head. So. All right, we'll do the next one. Uh, 27. This is interesting. That's Marcus Allen, isn't it? Uh, not Marcus Allen. Is that is that correct or is that, am I, is that, is that number yeah, wrong? Yeah, 27 is Marcus Allen. Yeah, let's talk about Marcus Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I can also confirm for you that Justin Tucker is still ahead of ahead of Chris Boswell. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, what are your thoughts, or quickly before you go to the break, what are your thoughts on, on Allen in 2020? Allen in 2020 obviously moved over across to the linebacker position. I think it's interesting now you've got someone like a Miles Killebrew coming in. I think Mar- Marcus Allen is someone I think they want to see develop. He's going to have to show up in camp because that no doubt they might look at what they can do with other safeties and convert. I think the same thing with Anton Brooks Jr. You can get younger there. Um, I think he's a little actually a bit slow for a strong safety. Like, um, but I can see him in that that hybrid sort of role that Marcus Allen runs. Um, I don't think Alan qualifies for the practice squad this year either, which I think will be a will, will be a problem for him in staying on the Steelers roster. Um, I I don't know. I feel like we, this is one of those ones where because he was a a pick um, in the draft and he had so much promise and he was known to the Steelers and it was it's it's like a bit like that Bud piece. It's like. All that um, Daniel McCullers piece. Can you believe we've not talked about Big Dan and his and his naked photos of, of the coaching staff for you know almost a season? But um, you know, I think it's one of those things where we don't want to kind of admit defeat on it for me. But that's he, just, a, that's my opinion. He's a part of the team, but what is he really doing? And I like I I think he's got some good tackling skills, but then what what else is he really? Uh, you know, is he? I don't know. He's just maybe just part of the team and just part of the outfit. He's not like that really big special player like a Watt or someone like that in our team. Uh, yeah. I think we, we're going to both agree on. I'll pass it back to you. He won't be in the Hall of Fame. 
He might just be a guy for the Steelers. Mate, he's got Buckley's none. Zero. <laughs> Forget it. Let's go to part two. <laughs> but Steelers fans, that uh, that wraps up part one of this week's episode. If you're on the audio side, flick over to part two. Where we're going to talk everything sling and the slang as we always like to do. We're going to talk drafts. We're going to take, take Q&A. Um, this has been awesome part one. We'll be back with you shortly. For those of you on the live side, stay with us. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.